L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Yeah, this is our new start time. Has been for a few weeks. One to four. So uh, if you miss any of the live show, you're always welcome to check out the podcast at KFIAM640.com, the iHeartRadio app. Well, were you reeling? Were you roiling? Did you feel the earthquake? You know, I'm going to concede my time, (laughs) Mr. Chairman, to uh, Uh, Representative Mark in the newsroom because I can't compete with her. Uh, I can. <laughs> I did came shooting right through my neighborhood. That was a big one. Yes, see, I told you, John. Did you? Did but you... very, very short. But for the first time, I actually had some things really physically rattle. I have a TV attached to a a gas burning fireplace. You know, Ooh, it's one of those, uh, that's and good. it was rattling. And I'm like, wow. No wind. Nothing has ever done that before. So it was like very brief, but but violent. Uh. But well, we'll, we'll hear Deborah Mark, no, but of course, because she's always on alert for this. It, it, it must have hit the valley. Well, first of all, the big question. Yeah. Did the earthquake alert app, Deborah Mark, give you notice? No, I think it has to be a 4.5, and this was a 4.2. Oh, short of the mark. Get it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it seems like it hit the, with the West Valley. It felt more like a 7 or an 8. Mm. It was, first of all, I was sound asleep for a change at 2 o'clock in the morning. I feel that first, I don't know rumble. I can't even describe it. And my dogs were about to jump off the bed. So I grab my dogs and we all huddle in the middle of the bed and we're rocking and we're rolling and my heart is going crazy. I was absolutely terrified. And then for me, it felt, it did not feel short, Ken. It felt long. And so I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for just the windows to start shattering. I'm waiting for the roof to fall in. I mean, seriously, I was waiting for it to get worse. And so when it finally stopped, 
I, I, I could hardly breathe. I was so scared because you know how much I hate earthquakes. And this one, this one was, as you said, violent. So then I'm thinking, okay, was this a foreshock? And then three minutes later, boom, another aftershock. And again, grabbing my dogs, I was so scared. And so all night long, I was thinking about, okay, what am I going to do? There's another earthquake. So I held one dog the whole night because I was afraid she was going to fall off the bed and, and run. And then I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to move because I can't stand this. I can't stand earthquakes. I'm so tired of earthquakes. I'm tired of thinking of them. They terrify me. All right. Yeah. She's worse I told than you. I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I was not holding on to any dogs. Well, I, was I went outside, grabbed a neighborhood cat, you know, and cuddled it for a while. Oh, you did? That was your Yeah, they roam at night, animal. so I just went and grabbed one just to. All right. No, no. And I thought I was going to hear car alarms or something. That didn't happen. And I, yes, I did feel one aftershock. It was relatively mild. Though. It was a small jolt. But uh, in case folks don't know, this was off the coast of Malibu. So it's kind of in between us. So it's probably closer to you. I, uh, but, I didn't yeah. feel anything. I slipped through it. And no one in your house did? No. <sighs> Lucky. Uh, it really just depends on you know where the waves go uh, out from the epicenter. And it just uh, didn't reach you. I don't know if I was in the deep uh, deepest part of my sleep cycle or what, but... She's right. There's something. I mean, I'm not a light sleeper, but I tend to sometimes every few hours kind of rouse around. And I did. I kind of was lying there and I said, uh oh. And yeah, it's a rumbling in the distance before you get the big jolt. And I said, oh, this is probably one of those. And then you had that thing. Well, am I going to go check out where it was? And eh, I turned over and went back to sleep. You hey. did? Oh, yeah, I was, because sometimes I was on my phone they're just really local and there's no news on them anyway. And. I, you know, or did this come from further away and it's a bigger quake? And I just said, uh, I'll check in a few hours. And uh, sure enough, when it turned on TV and radio this morning, please call us with what, what you felt. Oh, my God. This is the dumbest, most overplayed move in radio and TV history. Well, first of all, I have better And one reporter actually said, I spoke to one woman and some of her plates rattled. Wow! Her plates rattled. Breaking news. <laughs> My heart rattled. That's breaking news. Yeah, I like the way you're always in the mode where, is this it? Is this the, Every is this time. the big one? I the 9.0 yeah. that rips apart my life? Always go there. Always. There's never a time when there's an earthquake that I don't go to that. Mm. An average of 25 earthquakes between magnitudes 4 and 5 occur every year in California and Nevada. That's according yeah. to a data sample. That's a tough way to live, Deborah. I know. I, I, you know what, John? Uh, I may need the exit bag because I can't deal with this. <laughs> it's you just, live here long uh, enough, you know right away that when I felt that, that's not a three or a I just, two. I, I just, knew that was probably at least a four. I, but feel, I, I feel bad for your dog. You practically squeezed the life out oh, of it. Oh, I did. I, and Ken, I've lived in California my whole life, and it never gets any easier. Which is why we wonder why you do. Why are you I here? wonder too because I can't figure out a place. It's not safe mentally for you. I or know physically. it is. I know. And I'm you about to squeeze fall a apart. dog to death next I know. time. I know. My poor dog. I know. I, I'm coming unhinged. <laughs> I, I sense. I don't, a, I don't think you were ever hinged. <laughs> I guess That's I, true. Well, obviously there was a pregame show between you two because I can tell John's heard this all already. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he has. <laughs> I'm just enjoying it. I know the first. You loved it so much. You wanted to hear it again. The first time she told me, I just sat there and listened. Yeah. That's all you can. Yeah, do. I, I, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what to do. I mean, I slept through the thing. I, I can't, I can't really commiserate very much. Uh, the, the LA Fire Department went into earthquake mode, with crews conducting a strategic survey of all 106 neighborhoods and examining major areas of concern. Wow. 
So I guess they get right out there and just start looking to make sure nothing. Fly around. Yeah. I don't see anything. You see anything? Some freeway overpass didn't come down for some reason or some (laughs) building didn't fall apart. (laughs) Uh, It usually takes less than an hour. The, their earthquake mode. So I guess they have all these teams that quickly go out there and check out some of them. You know, you know what's funny is we haven't had a big one in a oh, long time. please, Universe, don't listen to him. So No, we haven't. So we're, you no, know, we're, we're overdue. Hundreds I know. Of years, well, that's right. why my brain goes to that. Because I know I, we are due. But you haven't. And what had- about off the coast of Malibu? Where's the tsunami? I, I didn't think about that. <laughs> oh, you should have. No, I know. You missed out on I that one. You know what? My brain out. can only handle so much, John. Okay. Yeah. Well, the earthquake was enough. The tsunami. I, I wouldn't be able to show my face at work. I'd be so overwrought. It's fragile. Very fragile. Right. The stress so is much overwhelming. It really is. I know. Good thing this only happens once every few months, it seems. <sighs> but uh, you were going to say something, John, about... Uh... No, no, no. I'm just enjoying this. I... So I, I get to watch your face on the on the screen here too. I, so <laughs> specifically, ten miles south of Malibu, fifteen miles southwest of Santa Monica, fifteen point four right. miles west of Venice, and sixteen point three miles west of El Segundo. I'm only two miles from Santa Monica. I should have felt something. Did you have an edible last night that you don't you didn't tell us about? <laughs> no, but no. if no one else in his home felt it, then it probably didn't. Well, maybe they all did edibles together. I don't know. That's <laughs> weird that you didn't feel it. I, I felt you it in Tarzana. What? I felt it in Tarzana. Oh, okay, yeah. You're up there in the valley. And, you know, it's, it's, well, then you want to eat more edibles, Deborah Mark, if you're pushing this. On can you imagine else. if the earthquake woke me up and I had taken an edible? Oh, my I, God. Because, well, I, I mean, I woke up about briefly at a quarter to three. So I was 45 minutes past the, the main <laughs> quake. nothing to do with the earthquake. <laughs> yeah, right? nothing to do. That's just the normal he time. He had to pee. Yeah, I had to pee. That's what it was. Yes. So. As you get older, I, you do have to pee. And then I uh, <laughs> crawled back into bed, and I didn't move till uh, 6 o'clock. No. So it was a very, very peaceful, quiet Lucky night. Lucky you. Yeah. All right. Well, we're glad that Deborah Mark was able yeah. to make it to work. We thought this might be a reason to call in, you know. <laughs> See, I enjoy, the, I enjoy these things. I, I feel like I missed out. Oh, you're crazy. Oh. Yeah. No. You know, you don't enjoy them in the moment they're happening, because what if it really is huge and it's like, right. oh, my God, you know. And, and I don't think so much about dying. Never. But I think about, oh, if there's no power and no water, and this goes on for weeks. And as John said, we're lined up at the, the Crypto.com Arena for bottles of water. <laughs> oh, that story. The, the Crypto.com Arena. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm correcting people. It's no longer stable, Zach. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got more. Uh, we're going to talk a couple of stories around the Monterey Park shooting we didn't get to yesterday. Well, well one's from today. The El Segundo Times really did a story on gun control. It fooled me because the headline made me think it was about what we were talking about yesterday. Was there a copycat killer thing yeah, no, with was, the Half Moon Bay shooting and the Monterey Park shooting there was one paragraph by older on, Asian men? There was one paragraph on that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the rest of uh, it was the usual. Your chance for money is coming up. Listen for the keyword next. John and Ken, KFI, AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And Eric. Uh, what? Eric. I was going to introduce Eric. I'm doing the news now? Yeah. Maybe you have some news, yeah. And then last week, Layla told me that you were going to introduce her as Chris Uh when she was filling in for me. He did, yeah. Yeah. For a moment, he called her Chris. What's wrong with you, John? I I told you. It's it's starting. It's Bidenville for me. Yeah, Yeah, just call him John Biden. Uh, All right. Deborah (laughs) Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. All right. The usual story of, you know, what's the real reason the El Segundo Times decides to do a story they did one that's headlined, two mass shootings in three days are these copycat crimes. And they're talking about the two older Asian men 
Monterey Park. It was a 72-year-old who killed 11. And then uh, barely two days later, a 66-year-old up in Monterey Bay murdered seven people. But of course, the, the, the sentence that they use, do a pair of back-to-back -back mass shootings in California suggest that older men will be the next generation? of mass murderers that's not really what's at play here <laughs> we're talking the about the generation. possibility that the 66 year old <laughs> saw what the 72 year old asian man did on the news and maybe it inspired him a bit that today's my day to go do that's all where, where does this writer melissa healy where where does it get into a, a, a generation i i don't know uh, obviously it's not going to be a generation of mass killers no, but and then they you, go through the database about how this is normally the action of a younger male. Yeah. Not a teenager, usually, but somebody who's got a lot of problems with society, and they're using their 20s, 30s, 40s. <laughs> and then they took the diversity angle. Did you know that 6.4% of the mass shooters were of Asian descent? Mm -hmm. And nine of those shooters immigrated from birthplaces in Asia. 15% of mass shooters were immigrants. What is this? They're even applying the diversity lens, the equity lens, to mass shooters now. Yeah, I know. I, they're really, they're really crazy. No, and I, I think the way everything is aging out in this society, and there's just so many more baby boomers in that age group. There's probably going to be more shooters from that group. It's a whole different thing. Plus, we talked about yesterday, and, and everyone knows this. There are more mass shootings so this has somewhat become normalized so somebody even a little older might decide well you know it's my turn to show the world how i really feel but the true uh, i think agenda here comes at the end where you know they talk to their experts, the experts and of course ultimately oh it's not about any of these things the one big problem here is you guessed it the guns mm -hmm. yep yep I, I'm amazed how many times these people can carp about the guns. There's absolutely nothing they or anybody can do about it. There's 400 million guns out there. I, I don't know what what you're you're howling about here. Well, the sentence I, I, they used is uh, these distinctions pale next to the single most common factor that unites all mass shootings, and that is a gun. Mm -hmm. The thing that makes a mass shooting is the gun. We know that. Because, right. again, the plan here is to take away the guns or limit them because mm. it's not about the people. we got to get the mm. guns away. So. Right. So go ahead. You start first. You go and you confiscate the 400 million guns. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know what the, what the point of this constant hand-wringing is. There, there is 4.2 million adults in California own a gun, according to a survey from 2018. It's probably higher than that now, but... oh. That's only 10% of the total population, yeah. 4.2 million adults. Right. Well, I, I, I read over the weekend. I think almost half of them are 60 years of age or older. That, that 3% of the country owns half the guns. Yeah, I, you know, I, I've the, seen stats like that. That's also unbelievable. Yeah, I think, I think most people have one. <laughs> but there's obviously a contingent that's got dozens of guns. The other issue that's come up is how come police didn't tell people for five hours after the Monterey Park shooting happened that he was still on the loose. Now, this happened at 1030 at night. I didn't pick up the story till early Sunday morning. So by then they already had put out the word that he was loose. But apparently official notification came around 330 a.m. 
during a news conference that the suspect fled the scene and remains outstanding. There is one former assistant chief from LAPD, Horace Frank, who says it's a public safety issue. The only time you don't do that is when you can articulate specific reasons otherwise. You always err on the side of keeping the public informed. Mm -hmm. If there's a reason for this delay, I can't think of one. So some are thinking it was an oversight. I'm like, how could that be an oversight? When you're telling the public about a mass shooting, people want to know, did you get him? Is he dead or is he still out there? And who should we be on the lookout for? First I thought, was this their way of saying, well, we don't want him to know we're looking for him? I don't don't, don't, Well, of course he knows the police are looking for him. Of course he does. He shot 20 people. Why would you wait five hours to tell people? I don't uh, know. See, and, and they won't talk about it, which means maybe somebody screwed up. Some guy has to alert... The communication center. Hey, send out the uh, send out the bulletin to all the yeah. news agencies. Somebody or put it, you put it on Twitter. I don't understand. Nobody even put a tweet out. Seriously, they didn't want the public to panic. Is that why they didn't want people the to public, think the public was asleep? But if you heard the story late last that Saturday night, you would have been like, "Well, there's no finish here. What happened to the shooter? Just disappeared or yeah, yeah, he evaporated." I, I, well, say that. I mean, just say, look, he's on the loose. We don't know where he is. We don't have a clue. I, well, it also helps people on the lookout for him. Right. Uh, if they say anything about that white cargo van, that could have helped. Now, fortunately, hours later, Torrance police saw it, and uh, they they closed in on the guy who killed himself. But it's I, a you strange thing to forget. Or if they did it on purpose, well, what's the reason? Yeah, no, nobody talks anymore, I notice. I think everybody is so uh, wary of getting criticized for whatever the reason is. is, is now, now you have these public agencies shutting down. They just won't talk, and they deny everything, or they lie about it. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department is now saying, at least in this story, well, we're going to assess everything, what worked and what didn't work in the early hours of our investigation. Yeah. And, and well, in terms of putting out information, this is this new guy, well, Luna. One of these canned statements. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's Luna, right? This was his first big uh, big test here. And yeah. he, he doesn't have his uh, people tell the public that there's a mass shooter on the loose because this guy was on the loose until uh, the next afternoon, right? Yeah, well, yeah, they eventually, I think it was around 11 a.m. 11 a.m.? boxed in, and then uh, he was dead at 1 or 12, something like that. Yeah. All right, so a, a good long time he's on the loose. Well, he may have been already dead when they found the van, but they, they, they were keeping it boxed in for a couple of hours. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We're on from 1 to 4 now, and after 4 o'clock, you can hear the podcast on the iHeartRadio app. John and Ken On Demand is what it's called. And we got something called the Moist Line, which is coming back in just two days. You can leave messages uh, one of two ways. You can use the iHeartRadio app. The microphone icon is how to connect to the show there. Or, of course, dial up the old toll-free number, one 877 moist 86 one 664 7886 After 2 o'clock, we'll be joined by Carl DeMaio from Reform California, also hosts his own talk show on Kogo Radio in San Diego. And we're glad we got rid of this guy. We had a man by the name of Hassan Ikrara, who ran the Southern California Association of Governments. At the time we talked about this, people were unaware of this organization. But boy, they tried to influence policy in the entire region. And that's what they're about, Southern California Association of Governments. Well, he's gone. He went down to San Diego with his reign of terror. And you should hear the list of things he wants San Diego to do to leave their cars behind. Mileage tax being the least of it. We'll talk to Carl after the news. 
at 2 o'clock here on KFI. Well, we're now going to talk about probably one of the oldest stories that had no update on the John and Ken show. It was back in the year 2012, more than 10 years ago, the story of corruption concerned the man who was the L.A. County tax assessor, John, we called him John No Good Noguez. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. He was arrested in 2012, accused of accepting bribes, 185 grand. But then there were delays. Apparently, one of them was 45,000 pages of evidence collected by investigators. Could you imagine 45,000 pages of stuff about a case? People were bribing him in order to get a lower property tax assessment. That's what the idea was on their property. So now in May of 2020... A second district court of appeals ordered all the charges dropped because of technical grounds about a missed deadline. This involved Noguez and his former top assistant, a man by the name of Mark McNeil. However, that didn't deter them. Prosecutors refiled the charges. Noguez and McNeil have pled not guilty. Uh, He took a leave of office from his assessor's job for two years. His term expired in December of 2014. He was replaced by the current assessor. Did he, ever, did he ever go to jail? I don't think so. If he did, there was a bond. Must have been a bond. So he let him out of his home in handcuffs ten years ago. But I, I don't see in the story that he nice spent any system. real time in prison. You know what? If there's some kind of paperwork problem, you can't fix that quicker than uh, ten years. No, I. Hey, so idiots. there was an update in the story recently, and it's another odd one. There's a tax consultant at the center of this, allegedly by the name of. Ramin Salari, he was acting as the middleman between the business owners and the assessor's office to get the tax assessments lowered. That is the claim of prosecutors. And um, he was going to make a plea deal with prosecutors. He agreed to a deal with prosecutors that called for him to plead guilty to a single charge, pay more than $9 million in penalties, but the sentence would spare him from prison time. Under the, count, under the terms of the deal, 11 counts of conspiracy, bribery, and grand theft were to be whittled down to one conviction for grand theft. So he, he would, would go... get two years felony probation, 45 days of community service, and that would be it. So he would go... They from... wanted him because they wanted to get Noguez and his assistant. So this guy would go from Noguez uh, to the property owners with what the bribe menu was. Correct. How much would it take yes, to do the to deal? It, right. Yeah. Right. right. He was the middleman, the go-between. Right. Because clearly, key to the entire case. You're not going to go directly to Noguez. Noguez isn't going to come over your house and you give no. him a bag of cash. You don't want to leave no. a trail. No. Right. You have to have. You somebody. don't want to be like a dopey. Uh, what's his name uh, on the L.A. City Council? Oh, Weezar. Yeah. Weezar at the uh, at the cashier's cage and <laughs> running around with hookers in hotel rooms in Vegas. <laughs> right. Getting bags of money in restrooms. <laughs> That's right. And using your family members to launder the money. No, no. He wanted some sort of go-between, and that's this tax consultant guy. So here's what happened. It looks like the prosecution and the defense agreed to the terms of this plea deal I just laid out. The judge said no. Los Angeles County Superior Court Judge Stephen A. Marcus said no. Supposedly relented, but then said no again. Well, and what was the deal? The no no jail deal? time. No jail time? Uh, oh, get out. No. No, Two no, years, no. felony probation, 45 days community service, $9 million in penalties, no prison time. One single charge uh-uh. was all they had left. Oh, you say no, too? Oh, absolutely. He should go to prison. Yeah, that's if what the judge said. If you have a said. guy collecting bribery at this level, 
uh, on a property tax scam, how do you not put him in, in jail? I mean, we already got, I mean, I mean, City Hall is filled with corrupt a-holes, right? I mean, how many council people, deputy mayors, lobbyists, consultants, and the tax assessor, and everybody was getting away with this? Uh, then you're agreeing with Marcus. That's why he would not approve of this plea deal. He thinks that that this man, Solari, should serve some jail time, some prison time. And he was not going to abide by this plea deal. It's getting hard, though, to prosecute because 10 years, people are dead. They don't remember. But you it know, even gonna... got stranger. Uh, after a recess, the judge said, all right, I'll accept the deal if you tell prosecutors right now what you know. Come to my courtroom in the afternoon, plead guilty. Solari then spent two hours with prosecutors coming clean, providing a detailed account of his role in the charged crimes. He incriminated himself and others. He revealed how he allegedly funneled at least 180 grand in payoffs to the county assessor staff 13 years ago. But when they returned to the courtroom to finalize the deal, the judge announced, now I changed my mind. This is too lenient. There's no way I can live with no custody time deal on the extent of this alleged fraud and white-collar crimes. Now, I, I even have a problem with the fact that the judge told this guy, if you go into another room and tell prosecutors yeah. everything you know. I know that wasn't really right. That I was know, a foul. I know, because, that, because that's going to get harder. Uh, defense attorneys are going to know of this case, and they're not going to let their clients participate. Right. They're not going to, unless it's signed and agreed to beforehand, they're not going to have their clients uh, spill the beans. Right. Right. Which, you know, impedes further investigations. I mean, if you're going to do something like this, you do have to follow through on it. Yep. But you, should, you should never make a deal for, for no jail time. That should never, ever happen. The lawyers have asked a state appeals court to uh, order the court to accept the plea deal. Again, they're arguing what we just said. He would not have divulged his guilt to prosecutors without, the, without definitely yeah, getting that, a plea deal. That's shady. Uh, this, judge, this judge is kind of a dope. Oh, and they also want this judge removed from the case. So that's where it stands. But that gives you a general idea. I mean, I we talked about this case maybe for the first year after it happened, expecting there to be a plea deal or something to happen in, in the courts. But, wow, this thing has laid there for over 10 years. Uh, it's really Nogues, hard to believe. And hasn't gone to jail yet. Well, no, he's not been convicted of anything. Right. Well, when he was originally convicted. He wasn't originally convicted. He was originally arrested and charged. But you get released because you can't hold on to somebody until they've had their day in well, court and so he was found a, guilty. He was arrested in 2012, and in 2020, they, they ordered the charges dismissed. It took eight years just to get to that point. Yeah, it said that they were collecting a whole lot of evidence. But, you know, that would be up to Noguez because the defendant has the right to a speedy trial. Otherwise, they can delay it, too. So they must have something to do with it. It shouldn't take eight years for anything. There's no excuse for that. And it's not like it's that much money. I mean, right? Uh, Weezar was over a million dollars, right? This is like 200000 It's not a big amount of money, but... Oh, you know what? Everyone who works in government should be put in prison right now. Everybody. (laughs) It mentions that uh, this guy, Solari, was the middleman for the uh, trying to get the tax assessment lowered on the old spaghetti factory in Hollywood, a grocery store in Torrance, mm. a seven-bedroom mansion in Bel Air. <laughs> I wonder, you know what, I wonder how they pulled this off. I, I don't remember because you get... Uh, you get a, You don't get the tax assessor coming to your house, right? You don't get John Noguez, right? You get somebody in the office. 
Yeah, you do. So, so how do the did the guys in the office know that Noguez was on the take? And where where did the how did this tax consultant fit in? Yeah. Or did somebody hand you a business card and say, you know what, this guy can help you out, this tax consultant? Hmm. And then he comes over and he lays out the terms of the deal on behalf of Noguez. Right. Yeah. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. All right, of course, we're on from 1 to 4 every weekday here on KFI. So if you miss a live hour, just go grab the podcast, which will be put up there right after 4 o'clock, either at KFIAM640.com, or you can go to the iHeartRadio app. Coming up after 2 o'clock, our guest will be Carl DeMaio from Reform, California, to update us on something that apparently, according to some California officials, is inevitable and that's the miles tax the miles driven tax this has been around i feel like we're going back in time on the show today we're talking about the corruption case against an old la county tax assessor from 10 years ago and we've been talking i think about the mileage tax it seems for 10 years here on the show but uh, he has reason to believe that they're getting closer to implementing it so you'll hear from carl after the news at two o'clock Oh, look at that. This next story comes from a man we just talked about a couple of weeks ago, Bill Weir, who used to do sports on Channel 7 here in Los Angeles TV, is CNN's chief climate correspondent now, which I found to be an odd transition. But anyway, uh, he was another one that was worked up about, uh, you know, the heavy rains and climate. And Yes. You notice it hasn't rained really since the big downpour a couple of weeks ago? And I look at the next 10 days. There isn't much coming the next 10 days either. Mid-February. I read, I, read, I read this complicated weather story the other day. What's mid-February? Oh, the, the, uh, the uh, atmospheric river may start up again. Oh, uh, yeah. The whole we can count on that prediction? No, I'm just telling you. It, it, yeah. it, it, they think the system is going to get back in alignment to oh, bring okay. us more rain. Yeah, because I looked at the next 10 days, which takes us through the month, and uh, I didn't see much coming. Monday has like some chance, but... No, right. not, nothing nothing till possibly Weeks. mid-February. All right. But there's no guarantees. Well, this story comes from Murphy, North Carolina. We have talked before on the show how mining cryptocurrency requires a lot of energy, a lot of electricity. So the companies behind this now are trying to find places around the U.S. where the land is cheap and they can set up their complicated power system for people to crypto mine. Well, the people in Murphy, North Carolina, really had no idea about what went into crypto coin mining. Uh, so it says here, modern miners use enormous amounts of server power to roll the winning number faster than their competitors around the world. That's how you mine cryptocurrency. The unrelenting demand for electricity was one reason China has banned cryptocurrency. I didn't really, I didn't know that. Did you? No. Uh, yeah, I know. I heard that. Uh, there, there are the, 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 uh, these crypto wackos, they have migrated into towns where power is unusually cheap, like hydroelectric power is what they want. So they've gone to places in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, where there might be a dam and it produces really cheap electricity. And then they take over residential homes in, in suburban towns or trailers. And the thing is, the way you make 
a cryptocurrency, this is probably going to make no sense. But what they do is they have huge banks of computers. And, of course, with computers, then you need cooling mechanisms, right? You can't have the computers overheat. And if you have a lot of computers in a room or in a house, that creates a lot of heat, so you need a lot of cooling, and you end up using an enormous amount of, of energy. Now, on the computers, you have to solve these complex mathematical puzzles. They validate cryptocurrency transactions, and then they have a distribution ledger to, to uh, locate the coins. It, it makes no sense if you're not into crypto, right? right? But it's a system that requires gigantic computing power. And then at the end of it, it it'll, it'll burp out this digital coin, which exists, again, only in, in, on the Internet. And, and it's so lucrative, though, that it's worth buying all the computer equipment and all the cooling equipment and paying for the rental or buying the house as long as the energy's cheap. Well, in Murphy, North Carolina, people are saying that this vast cryptocurrency mine, which if you look at the picture, it's just a bunch of like metal buildings scattered around like high power lines. It's not technically a mine. Nobody goes into the ground to try to get any precious metals, but uh, it's, it's what they use as a power source. They say that the sound from this is like a jet that never leaves, and we have about 30 seconds of an example. <laughs> 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's what people are hearing that live near this cryptocurrency data, data center. And what do you know? It's operated by a San Francisco company called Prime Block. Yeah. Don't they get their tech, the tech people get their tentacles and everything? One woman says it's like like living on top of Niagara Falls. His house is less than 100 yards from the mine. He says when it's at its worst, it's like sitting on the tarmac with a jet engine in front of you, but the jet never leaves. It never takes off. It's annoying and it's a constant annoyance. There was a similar story a few years ago in Arizona. Some tech company had opened a gigantic, massive data center. Oh. And they had massive computers along with the cooling mechanisms that they needed and people who lived in the town the whirring went on 24 hours a day and they were screaming at the town hall meetings and there was a big big ruckus about it so you know it's, it crypto mining is one thing but they're, they're, all these data centers are another uh, and, and and it takes it takes a lot of electricity for all this Somebody else described it as, imagine 45 sedans traveling close together nonstop on a three-lane road at 35 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. And they've been trying to measure the decibel levels from this. Some people are ready to move out. Some already have. Um, you know, this, I think this got approved without people realizing what this was. Because a lot of people in Murphy, North Carolina, don't really know what cryptocurrency mining is all about. Yeah, very few people do. You hear about cryptocurrency. But I bet you, you know, not even 1% of the public knows how it works. And even when somebody explains it, you don't really know how it works. It doesn't make any sense. Wow, these, these are all geek people. Creating a single Bitcoin is about the same amount to power an average house for 53 days. That's the comparison? Crypto mining? Yeah. One Bitcoin. That's why all these, uh, these uh, uh, green New Deal type wackos ought to be going after all the cryptocurrency fanatics. Because... Okay. Because they're wasting tremendous amount 
amounts of energy creating fake money. Yeah, which is you largely know. used by all the criminals in the world. How much of that contributes to our uh, constant power outage problems the last couple of years? Yeah, right, exactly. Cryptocurrency mining. All right, coming up next, our guest will be Carl DeMaio from Reform California and Kogo Radio to talk about where we are on the horrific idea of a mileage tax. That's right. They would track the mileage you drive and charge you, it looks like, perhaps maybe six cents a mile. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 